Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, a podcast that explores that seminal 1990s sitcom fabulous uh, entry in the world where young Corey Matthews and friends got to explore the world and learn some lessons along the way with their favorite teacher who followed them from sixth grade through college. I am one of the two dads that hosts this uh, hour-long retrospective, and I spend far too much time talking in this intro, so I'm going to turn it over to my co-host and uh, introduce you to him. I am Tyler. I am also a dad, and it's okay, Brett, because I talk too much, too. That's why we get along. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Talking is fun, but uh, yeah, I I spent a few days sick last week, so I guess I got a little extra energy uh, in my system. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about what I wanted to say next. What did you say? Yeah, that's about (laughs) par for the course there. Oh, so have you, uh, you ever had any nice squirt gun battles? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll go ahead and tell this one real fast because I think this fits in line of the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was a young lad, uh, I think I was in third grade. I want to say, uh, I got, uh, grounded for the first time. And apparently my dad had just, just worked on the ceiling at our house. And so my brother and I and a friend of his was over and we got into a water fight uh, in the middle of the house. Um, we had like the, those uh, spray bottles because, you know, mm-hmm. I had a cow- I've had a cow like my whole life. And so my mom like would literally just douse me, you know, in the morning Um and so I had one of those. I think my brother at one point used the actual like hose in the kitchen sink. Uh, we were just throwing all sorts of cups of water all over the place. And we cleaned it up. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But apparently we left some residue on the ceiling, uh, angering my father. And so we weren't allowed to do anything for the whole week uh, besides... Um, watch uh, Barney movie that my sister had. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was the only entertainment we were allowed to consume because that's all my sister watched at the time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, any good water uh, fights, water gun stories? Uh, good water gun, good water fight stories. You know, we never really had any f- Formal water gun, water fight stories. I, I will tell you this, though. I have a friend uh, in high school. I had this friend who um, eh, not he was a little socially awkward. And uh, we would have uh, in our youth group, we had um, uh, we, we had a big uh, capture the flag uh, game in uh, like a big ravine and we used uh, super soakers and whatnot. And, and he had this big, massive, uh, like water cannon. I mean, it was seriously like a three foot long cannon. Uh, no extra, no, no extra tank or anything, but it was just massive. And, after after the matchup, you know, after everything was over, we were just kind of hanging out, chatting in the parking lot. He started to tell us about uh, what he had done with it, 
a couple of days earlier, I guess it was, he had been home alone and someone knocked on his door and uh, it was a couple of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Well, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, this has been 20 years now plus since this story was told, so I'm trying to remember. Uh Uh-huh. It, it was either Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. It could have been either one in that area. Who knows? Um, but either way, they were going door to door doing the proselytizing. And uh, they asked him something along the lines of, um, uh, do, you, do you know the Lord or would you like to meet the Lord? And for whatever reason, he had that water cannon close to the door. And for whatever reason, it was already full. I don't know if he was practicing for the matchup or what. But his response was to grab that and say, no, but I'd like to give you this. (laughs) He started chasing them around the front yard, soaking them (laughs) with his water cannon. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, no no formal water war stories, but that one always made me chuckle. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you are a former Mormon or uh, Jehovah Witness uh, who was sprayed by a water gun in Ohio... Uh, reach out to us and please tell us more. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, did it kind of look like the Minkus uh, water gun? Um, it probably held as much water, but it seriously was just pretty much one long tube. Wow. I mean, the 90s used to be full of like just these giant things that would sometimes work amazingly or would just... Not work at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, today we're going to dive into the second episode of Boy Meets World's first season. The second episode overall on the fence. And on the fence. Uh, yeah, this is the episode where when Corey's parents don't give him the money to buy a water gun for the class's water fight. He strikes a deal with Mr. Feeney to paint his shutters, and Feeney will give him the money for the gun. Corey rushes through the job, and an accident occurs. Now, this episode was written by Jeff Sherman, directed by David Trainer, originally aired October 1st, 1993, and currently enjoys a 7.9 rating on IMDb out of 10. Hmm. That's not bad. That really is not, especially for a uh, a second episode. Sometimes you see a little jump, sometimes a little drop off. This is right in line as far as IMDb's viewers are concerned. Yeah. yeah. So let's walk through this uh, this fun walk down memory lane. We're going to open up at breakfast in the high or the middle school again in the cafeteria. This time, Corey and Sean are debating. With their uh, their death chair friend, who is the best superhero to have as your dad? Mm-hmm. I do have it in front of me. It's Elias. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so um, make sure we had that first. <laughs> oh yes, we're, yeah, oh yeah. Well, let's get to him. Um, according to IMDb, uh, it's uh, this is Ellis played by Dewan Guy. Um, he's actually going to show up later on this season in the episode Killer Bees. 
Mm-hmm. So he does not die in this chair. He will actually survive this chair for one more episode. <laughs> uh, he has 29 other acting credits to his name, mostly guest stars and one-off roles. Uh, still apparently getting some work in Hollywood. So uh, uh, kudos to Dewan. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so so Corey, Sean, and Ellis are all debating who is the best superhero to have as your dad, Batman or Superman? Now, Tyler, mm-hmm. where do you come down on this? Which side do you do you fall on? Well, the, uh, are you asking me, is it only between Batman and Superman, or are we talking other superheroes as well? Well, let's go both. Let's open up the whole world well, first. Who would be the best superhero to have as your dad? Well, I mean, I will say, I, as a DC fan, I love that it's Batman, Superman, and that's where the conversation ends. <laughs> Um, the problem with every single superhero is if you're their loved one, you're either going to potentially die or live a miserable life because uh, yeah. they are too dedicated to either being a superhero or they're too dedicated to the other thing they're doing. And on top of that, being a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... I guess if I'd have to pick someone, I think I'm going to do a cheat because <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Nightwing because mm-hmm. I think with Nightwing, uh, who is the original Robin, uh, Dick Grayson, he grew up both kind of as a poor kid being an athlete, but also in in luxury with Bruce Wayne. Um, so I think he has a lot more life experience to discuss and like more life lessons to give. And also he seems to make do and getting the technology he needs to make his weapons and not always be fully dependent upon Bruce Wayne. Uh, so he's very useful, reliable, and it could be because he has money set aside from Bruce Wayne. Who knows? But, you know, uh, Dick Grayson will probably always be top tier, my favorite uh, superhero. So yeah, I named a kid after him. He's, he's definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely tops in my book as well. I would fall yeah. in with Superman. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not worried like Corey is that he could see through walls. But, uh, you know, Clark Kent was raised in the heartland with solid morals and with solid parenting. So he's got all that grounding. And there are a slew of examples in media where you see Superman as a fully rounded father who genuinely shows care for his kids and shows that he is committed to being the best dad he can be whereas yeah. a character like you know batman okay emotionally unavailable at best okay then yep <laughs> <laughs> so we got sean and ellis go for batman of course you know they're going to be a ward what's a ward how do i get to be a ward i'm going to be a rich cory wants superman but you know sean says he can see through walls and we get our first appearance of minkus 
Yes, Minkus, the classic Minkus. Uh, who I th- I will say, as we were watching the first season, I think Minkus was my son's favorite character. Was he really now? I was kind of disappointed he disappeared. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Sean and Alice are comparing their, their uh, ridiculous, uh, really not ridiculous super soakers. I mean, I saw these kinds all the time in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they take shots at Minkus and, um... You really shouldn't do that. Yeah, they they (laughs) rile Minkus up. And then he pulls out this comically large, what looks like an instrument case. Mm Mm-hmm. And pulls out this... This one is a ridiculous uh, water gun. Go ahead. Make me wet. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. You know, a little, little escalation here, escalation there. You get to see Ellis and Minkus in a standoff. And in, in Minkus's first appearance, he's not just complete nerd. You uh-huh. get to see Minkus actually have a little bit of a spine. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to be pushed over. He's not going to be bullied. He's going to give it back. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, initially he was just going to do his own thing. He was reading his book and, you know, the boys are having their own, th- their own thing. And, and Corey mm-hmm. doesn't have his water gun yet. Apparently this big water war is scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, the synopsis says it's the class. Uh, and Corey walks over to the water fountain. He's trying to play it all cool. You know, well-placed water balloon gives you just as much splash for your cash. Turns around, everyone, not everyone's going to have a humongous water gun. Turns around, everyone does. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. trope, but I'll allow it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And of course, he gets soaked. <laughs> I just, I want to know, how did all of these young people get their f- water guns fully done and no one noticed? <laughs> <laughs> What's really curious to me, I, I can buy at this point in United States school history, you're not really searching bags. So they could probably uh-huh. conceivably get these water guns in school. The water war is not immediately after school. There is uh-huh. enough time for Corey to go home, try and schmooze both parents, paint multiple shutters with multiple coats go mm-hmm. buy a, a water gun and then convince three friends on their way to the water war to do his work for him all before this water war takes place. So why do they all have their guns at school? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a head cannon, my assumption is that they all just wanted to draw first wet. Yeah, maybe maybe it starts. Maybe it starts right after school, and they're just I don't know getting ready. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I like the head. Yeah, it, it, it's also like, is this an actual school sanctioned thing, or is this just one of those things that like one kid was like, "Hey, we're doing this," and all the other kids are like, "Great, I'll get a water gun." I'd imagine it has nothing to do with the school. <laughs> um, yeah, I would imagine so as well. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But so, yeah, of course, Corey gets soaked by everyone with uh, with their water guns. And then as soon as Mr. Feeney walks in the cafeteria, everyone stops, hides their guns so well. And 
we get that wonderfully dry wit from Mr. Feeney. Mr. Matthews, the drinking fountain is not a toy. (laughs) And it's just visual comedy from that point. You get Mr. Feeney dipping down, taking a sip, demonstrating that the water fountain can be used properly. And Corey just kind of Mm -hmm. doing his smiling. And and Mr. Feeney walks off. He just kind of kind of melts a little bit, collapses almost. And then we get our fun little mm-hmm. little credit so sequence. Did Corey just be in wet clothes all day then? I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that he had any extras unless maybe he had some gym clothes. Yeah. Oh goodness. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so we didn't we didn't really talk about the opening credit sequence in our our pilot episode, and this is the only season that we get this kind of an opening sequence where we get all the main cast get their own their own name in the credit sequence. It's actually mm-hmm. a real credit sequence where we're really trying to introduce everything. Um, it's pretty much Ben Savage on a green screen with people throwing things at him. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts on this opening sequence from back in the days when, you know, TV shows had opening credit sequences? I think my problem with it is because I loved the ones later on, this one just always felt so inferior and maybe just because of me being a, uh, a nineties baby as I would watch it, I'd be like, what is the point of this? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I know who these people are. Like, let's let's get into this. Let's get to the funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because it was goofy, and, like, the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, that's so funny. And it's like, okay, it's the same thing. Like, let's just let, let, get it. Yeah, it um, it's definitely a product of its time. <laughs> yes. It feels very... It, you get that little bit of 80s kind of eking in at this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I always think that's so interesting about the uh, about these kind of time frames of when this came out is that like you still have some of the old decade that creeps into these shows, you know? Mm-hmm. And you also start to get hints later on as the show progresses, hints towards the 2000s and what those are going to be like. And it's interesting that they give each character like one defining icon with them to kind mm-hmm. of show like Mikas has got the computer and Corey's got the baseball and Mr. Feeney's in the classroom. Alan's got the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean has a skateboard. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to remember seeing Sean on a skateboard very much at all. <laughs> I don't think he ever does. Yeah. Maybe we're wrong. You could tell us. Tell us if we're wrong. Has Sean ever ride a skateboard? I don't think he does. I I've, I have seen Boy Meets World beginning to end many, many times. And in this moment, I am hard-pressed to remember a scene where Sean's on a skateboard. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they put it in there to indicate, hey, here's the cool kid, but still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, right. That's our credit sequence. That's that's what we'll mm-hmm. say about that. <laughs> well, I think what's so interesting about the credit sequence too is you can tell it was kind of made after several episodes had been like worked on, you know, because they never had a third friend. It was just mm-hmm. uh, writer strong, and that's yeah. it. 
And it did take them a while. They, they wanted to have that third friend. They didn't initially, they did not set it out to be Corey and Sean. They wanted a third person to fill that chair. They just, they couldn't find one to make the, the chemistry work. And by the time you get mm-hmm. into, you know, four or five episodes in, they just really settled into Sean and they ran with it. Yeah. I mean, they will get to a perfect trio. It just is going to take some time. Yeah. It will. It will. We'll see that yep. in a few a few episodes. Mm-hmm. So we come back from the credit sequence. We're in the Matthews kitchen, and uh, Alan's coming home from work. Hi, hun. What's horrible? <laughs> I love that so much. I, I can totally relate to Alan coming home from a, from his day at the Market Giant. Uh, I don't think we know it's the Market Giant yet. We just know he's a grocer. Um, yep. We know he's the manager at the supermarket. But yep. I, I can relate to this thought. You come home from work, and you're straight into fixing something around the house or prepping dinner or going right to one of the boys' baseball games or something. But I can relate to that. I really can. Mm-hmm. Alan's grabbing some wrenches. He's got to go upstairs and fix the boys' bathroom. And and Corey then goes into schmoozing Amy for his water gun. Yeah, do you, mm-hmm. do you ever do you ever find yourself in Alan's shoes coming right home from work and you know got that hi hun what's horrible moment? <laughs> yeah, I feel like more days than not are come home before you even say hi I love you how's your day it's a here is our crisis we need to figure this out and we need to figure it out within the next ten minutes go <laughs> <laughs> yeah um. You know, because I mean, uh, so we are the dad's meat world. You know, we also have the mom's meat world. You know, Mm -hmm. the moms are trying to figure out how do we keep things afloat. And when dad comes home, it's like, okay, now you get to help us paddle or get water out of the uh, boat. (laughs) Either paddle or bail, your choice. (laughs) Exactly. Indeed. So Alan rushes upstairs to fix that, and you know Corey's showing off this. He's got this whole brochure for this water gun. And What's up with that? <laughs> they actually used to do this. I, I don't remember ever having one to show off because we weren't a family that really put out lots of money for squirt guns. We we mm-hmm. called them squirt guns. They weren't really water guns most of the time. Right. Um, I the only time I ever owned a super soaker, it was like a cast off someone gave it to me i never mm. my my family never had the money to buy them you know 50 right. bucks for a squirt gun was ridiculous around our that house was ridiculous yeah um but yeah and so and, and there was this quote from eric on in the background that just for some reason it caught my ear when uh cory is just kind of <laughs> Catching on, talking about. catching on that Amy knows what's going on. Do all women have antennas on their bodies? I don't know. They won't let me look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught that. I wrote in there like, huh, Eric made a dirty joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're only, you know, into the second act on an 830 show. <laughs> and it's not a prominent one. It's, you know, they hit it, but it's just, I... It's just, I don't know. It, it's funny. But Amy Amy catching on, you know, this this is an intelligent mom. Oh, Corey, what a lovely and sincere compliment. And I just know that you wouldn't spoil it by asking me for something. 
<laughs> but again, that's what's so great about Amy. Mm-hmm. Is she knows, well, I'm going to say it like this because I don't want to ruin this. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Are you going to ruin it? <laughs> and that, what's that you're wearing? A dress? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not not going for you know well, your hair looks nice or you smell nice. Mm-hmm. What's that perfume? <laughs> You're wearing a dress. <laughs> well, and I, I don't want to get us going too far ahead, but the fact that Alan comes down like only a few minutes after going upstairs is really impressive, and I think he has missed his uh, calling as a plumber. <laughs> yeah, he he may have. <laughs> Well, Corey, uh, he's, he's got this hard sell for this Hydrosat 3000Z. It's just fun to watch with this cell. I mean, he's he's got this whole situation worked out where the living room's on fire, and uh-huh. you know you're tripping over uh, over Morgan's leg because she died <laughs> because she's just interrupting him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you died. It just he gets dark for a moment, and then goes back into it. And yeah, mm-hmm. you know what, Core? I'll just uh, I'll take my chances. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, we have Morgan being super cute, just trying to be supportive, trying to help her brother. Just mm-hmm. gives nothing but sass back to her. Yeah. And, you know, Alan comes back down. You mentioned he fixes the problem with the sink, and he also fixed the toilet. It doesn't geyser anymore. <laughs> Who knew they had a bidet before bidets were cool? Yeah, say, and, that's a bidet. Like, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, apparently it's very refreshing. I've not tried one, but hey. Um, Corey tries to turn on the charm for him. I bet you save some money being able to fix that yourself. What's he want? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Eric's got a great, or Eric, Alan's got uh, got some great advice. You know, hey, maybe for Christmas. Great. Uh-huh. I'll be the only kid spreading pneumonia in December. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey's just, yes. he's, he's just very sarcastic when he doesn't get his way. I don't know any uh-huh. children that are like that at all. No. None. <laughs> no. Well, I think it's just so funny. He he turns so quickly from I'm trying to smooze my parents to I didn't get what I want. I'm going to go pout away now. Oh, yeah. He's, he sees the futility of his efforts and he just decides to give up. And his mm-hmm. first comment to Eric when he walks in the room, if they can't afford to buy toys for three children, why'd they have three children? <laughs> uh, already he's forgotten his lesson from Mr. Feeney last week of love. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and already yeah. he's back to consumerism, just like any other 11 year old American. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's so true, though. Like you just you find the thing you're angry about and it's like, hey, if you can't afford us, why have us? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, he's in his room surrounded. First of all, he's in his room he shares with his brother in 1993 where they have their own bathroom granted they do share it with morgan we'll find out a few episodes down the road but he and his brother effectively have their own bathroom they're Uh in a room big enough to house both of them with desks for both of them Uh they have a window a nice bay window they have clearly have enough money to have baseball memorabilia, basketball, uh, some mm-hmm. hockey, uh, all kinds of sports memorabilia uh, plastered on the they, walls. 
They've definitely been to several games. Oh, They've made it yes. clear, like, it's it's not like a one-time thing. You this know? is clearly a middle-class family. I mean, he is not in a family that has... I mean, clearly, they both parents work somewhere. We know Alan mm-hmm. works at the Market Giant. Or we know he's a grocer at this point. We know Amy has to have some sort of income. Even yep. in 1993, Philadelphia. There has to be a second income somehow to keep them in this type of a, uh, a setup. But you know, here he is, and of course, just like just like any kid, the toy I want right now is the only thing they can't get for me. It's the one mm-hmm. thing, the most important thing they won't get for me. <laughs> oh yeah. And, oh yeah. But it is that mindset of, this is the thing I want. I now have it. Okay, now what's the next thing I want? Okay, now what's the next thing I want? Mm-hmm. And it's easy, as even as an adult and as a parent, to get into that trap as well. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. and so, um, I was just going to say, I love that Eric's trying to mess with this fancy watch he got, <laughs> and he can't get it out of baseball mode. <laughs> This is the uh, yes, an early precursor to a smartwatch. Yes, I, I remember. I never had one. I didn't really. I probably wanted one. I remember mm-hmm. seeing some like this that floated around. Yeah, I grew up in Ohio in ninety in the nineties. This wasn't really something mm-hmm. we had a lot. You know, this is filmed in California, but you know these type of uh, fancy watches where he's he can put his girlfriend's name uh, contact information into his watch and he can play video baseball but he can't get the time right I, I, yeah mm-hmm. but the fact that he's messing with that it's yeah. 12, 12, o'clock. O'clock. 12, 12 o'clock 12 o'clock <laughs> 12 o'clock <laughs> but it sets up a nice little conversation where you know Eric has his watch because he has a job and he can mm-hmm. buy whatever he wants, except that Buns of Steel video. <laughs> I think that's too f- dirty of a joke for us to get into. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, Corey tries to schmooze Eric with, you know, hey, can you, you can invest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the plumbing problems continue down in the kitchen and, uh, you know, some, a little bit of time has passed, um, probably the same day. Uh, Alan's riffing a little with Amy. Remember when we were happy and before mm-hmm. we had kids and before we knew each other? And of course, that earns him a well-placed kick. And mm-hmm. uh, remember when you knew I was kidding? And Corey comes down and he finds Alan attempting to find these pipes or fix these pipes. And that leads us to the first clip that I pulled. Dad, you busy? No, I'm just relaxing with my wrench. <laughs> job at the market you're too young for a job at the market well, you let eric be a box boy son you're young enjoy it it doesn't last long well i could work after school Corey, i don't have any openings well you're the manager fire somebody <laughs> fire eric why don't i fire myself and make you manager cool what's it pay <laughs> Not enough to keep me out from under the sink, or the car, or the mortgage payments. Dad, nobody likes a whiner. Now, I need a job. You need to be a kid. I don't want to 
be a kid. Oh, that's too bad, because once it's gone, you can never get it back. I want to be able to afford stuff. So do I. <laughs> oh, so much truth and wisdom in one minute of fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. I do want to say, before we go too far, when did you realize your wife didn't find you funny anymore? Oh, she still does. Well, okay. There's there's the <laughs> chuckles. Because I know my wife still finds me funny. But, like, if we're out and about, she's more likely just to roll her eyes if I make a joke. Especially if I make the same jokes over and over again. Mm-hmm. So is there a point where you realize that? Um, I learned pretty quickly the right buttons to push and which ones mm-hmm. would get me that type of response. And so I, I just choose when to push those ones. Yeah. So yeah, like we'll, we'll bicker. We have fun bickering. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when, when Alan and Amy are having their little moment there before Alan starts fixing the sink, you know, we do that kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, I don't see Amy as, not uh, not being I don't see her as being offended or hurt or anything by that I see her as playfully you know I see that all as playful mm-hmm. no I agree completely mm-hmm. I just I thought about that as we we're as as we were looking through all this and I, <laughs> I just thought about when we had Grace in and it very quickly <laughs> turned from you know my wife would laugh at my jokes and then she got pregnant and then for whatever reason she just wasn't laughing as much as she used to <laughs> Yeah, and, and and she might, you know, Kelly Kelly might have a different perspective, but you know, she still finds me amusing, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I I think I've learned which buttons to push and which ones not to, and I, I just choose when to push those buttons for my mm-hmm. own amusement, I guess. <laughs> exactly, and that's probably the more problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So uh, Corey then goes and finds Mr. Feeney, who's out gardening. And And that's our first uh, fence scene as well. It is. And these these scenes between uh, Mr. Feeney and Corey and Mr. Feeney and Eric, uh, especially uh, as they're kind of talking about the 90s and ABC and talking over a fence were a thing between this and home Mm -hmm. improvement. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but <laughs> I kind of always wanted a neighbor over the fence. And mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I would be that neighbor over the fence, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these will become a, a, a thing throughout the, the life of the series. But he comes up to Mr. Feeney and Mr. Feeney's pruning and... Uh, <laughs> Corey's trying to find a way to earn some money off of him. Uh, I love the whole get a pulse mm-hmm. that, that he throws at Mr. Feeney. Five dollars uh, to paint all these shutters? Get a pulse. <laughs> I will say before you get there, because I do have a comment about that, but this is the first mention of Edgar Allan Poe. And I know he comes back up again. Oh, yes. Uh, so we Poe got, is we got another big favorite. Uh, and Poe, who are, are who will get mentioned again at some point. Oh yes, those were two big favorites of the writing staff. Mm-hmm. But yes, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Feeney, five, bucks, Feeny, sh- five sorry, bucks. Yeah, I, I've got the I've got the breakdown here. Um, 
and you know Corey's <laughs> Corey's little mind at work. Five bucks per shutter, two shutters per window times eight windows. And Corey sits there and does the math in his head. Five times two times eight. What is that? Like fifty-eight bucks. And just the smile on Mr. Feeney's face as he grins and agrees and shakes his hand. You are worth every inch of that C-plus I gave you in math. $58 it is. Oh, man. Corey shorted himself 22 bucks. Yep. That's what I got, too. (laughs) I actually was uh, freaking out a little bit. I'm like, did I get the math wrong? Do I need to count again? Am I getting a C in math as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, I had 80 bucks that he, he's messing out on. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, <laughs> Corey, Corey could have bought. Corey might have been able to match Minkus's gun. Uh-huh. Uh, and then somehow, I'm assuming it was Alan's spray gun. Because this is like a pneumatic spray gun that he's using to paint the shutters, which is not a bad Mm. idea at all. No. If he would have tarped the fence, he leaned them against. (laughs) All right. Here's the big, big question I have for you. All right. I need you to put your dad brain on for a moment. I know it's always on, but just, you know, throw that dad cap. (laughs) All right. So your son has a job. We'll just use your first son as an example. Uh-huh. And he's supposed to do this job. Actually, wow, he's, oh gosh, he's around the age of Corey. He's a little he's older now. He's two years oh. older than Corey at this oh, point. Oh, this hurts. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> he uh, is 13 now. It. Okay, so imagine your son who talks like this now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he has this job, and you explain this is how you're going to do it, these are the setup you need to do. Do you think Alan told Corey, put a tarp behind here or put something behind the fence so you don't paint through it? Mm. I'm going to assume if Alan gave him instructions that he did. I'm also going to question whether or not Alan actually was around to give him instructions because Alan looks like he came home from work at the end of the scene. Right. And there doesn't seem to be enough. We have no clue how much time passed from when Corey uh, ended his conversation with Alan under the sink and when he started talking with Mr. Feeney. And I'm still very confused as to when exactly the end of Corey getting soaked in the school and when the water war starts is. (laughs) Right. So I'm going to assume that Alan, if he gave instructions, did tell him to tarp it and he forgot. But really, the way that Alan and Amy are reacting in the next act, I'm also going to kind of wonder if maybe Corey just went full full bore and didn't even tell them anything until he was already into the first coat. Right. That's also a good point. I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking of whenever I get instructions from my father on things, uh, you know, redoing a whole house, you know, my dad giving me instructions throughout the whole process. And the amount of times that I know for a fact he repeated himself and he said, no, don't do it like this. And, you know, would say, hey, did you forget something? You know, even as a full grown dad and all that jazz, I still 
Still would only slightly listen to instructions from someone I should be listening to much closer. Uh, and so often going, yeah, 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 I, get, I know, I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, <laughs> so it would not surprise me if either Corey called his dad, because I feel like they have that type of relationship where if Corey calls him, Alan's going to take that call every time. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, whenever I call my dad at his store, you know, I call, hey, you know, is my dad there? Yep. And then I'd wait, you know, on hold. And he'd be like, hey, this is me. And then, uh, you know, I'd be like, hey, dad, this is what's going on. Okay, this is what I want you to do. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he called his dad. He said, this is where you can get the get the gun, go to this store, get the paint, um, you know, make sure you do this before you do that. And Corey like, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. And so I just, I had this, mm-hmm. this imagery in my head of either a phone call or an actual face-to-face conversation where Corey just kind of blows off most of the important instructions. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely roll with that too, yeah. <laughs> and I could definitely see my firstborn son doing exactly the same thing no matter how many times I told him to tarp it. <laughs> yes. So anyway, they pull them away. Mr. Feeney shows off. Hey, doesn't stick. And then we move into our third oh, act. Hold on one second. Uh-huh. I have a special little deep dive. Oh, oh. So Feeney says, like an Earl Scheib. Ah, yes. And that, that caught my attention because I was like, Earl Scheib, what's, what's the deal with that? Is that a 90s thing? And apparently it is a 90s thing, but it's also a 50s thing, a 60s thing, a 70s thing, an 80s thing. And it, uh, the official Earl Scheib uh, company, uh, which focused on uh, uh, painting cars and detailing, uh, they closed down in July of 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, uh, in the original 50s slogan, it was, uh, I'm Earl Scheib, and I'll paint any car, any color, for $29.95, uh, which moved into the 70s to $39, cents, or $39 to then $59, and then in the 80s turned into $99.95. For whatever reason, it was always $0.95. Cents. Mm-hmm. Um and so, but apparently, like, he got really famous and the company kind of blew up and they're in like 26 states. Um, but he did not like doing his commercials, even though he was good at it and, you know, it got a lot of attention. Uh, but he hated it. And so, basically, the last thing I, I found out about it was that he would basically be kicking and screaming up until the point where they would say, go. <laughs> <laughs> So even though he was good at doing the commercials, he hated it. Couldn't stand it. Um, so, yeah, that's Earl Scheib. All right. He acquitted himself like a young Earl Scheib. Mm-hmm. There you go. And now, dear listeners, you know who Earl Scheib is. Yes. Oh, also, I'm sorry. I forgot to do this earlier, but I have one other tiny miniature deep dive, and it's going to take a lot less time, too. Uh, I was curious because Corey is like 50 bucks that's like what you spend on groceries and i was looking at a comparison between 90s shopping and today's and i couldn't do i didn't i didn't have the time to do the math but just looking at the differences between today's market and back then i think it could be possible for a family of five to get 
just buy enough on 50 bucks you know you probably have to have at least a month like a, a week or two of like 75 bucks but you know like that in between week you know where you just you need a meal or two and need to get milk and the fruit you know if you know what you're doing you definitely could especially if your patriarch is the manager at the grocery store you're doing your shopping yep. at and that plays a big factor into it too because mm-hmm. he probably gets a discount yep oh i'm sure he does <laughs> Whew. that helps when you got two teenagers in the house Yep. So yeah, those are my two little mini deep dives yeah. that I wanted to take us down to. So <laughs> Tyler's deep dive. Ooh. I got really excited for those two, and I felt so bad because I was like, I don't have a deep dive for the other episode that we've already done, but I have one solid one and then a tiny miniature one. <laughs> mm. Well, there you go. So I'm sorry. This is going to happen quite often. I have a little <laughs> tiny trail that's like, let's go down this odd. <laughs> I like rabbit trails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> follow the bunny. Yeah. Follow the bunny. Follow the bunny. So we come back to Act 3, and Amy and Corey yes. and Alan, they're all surveying the handiwork, and Amy attempts to explain how shutters work to Corey. Well, you have <laughs> shutters on your room. You know, he's told her, I didn't know they'd go through it. You, you have shutters, you know, they let the light in. Well, you got me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a kid yet. Uh, so Corey's got to paint all of the green on the white fence, and you know they're they're good parents. They're making him not. They're not letting him weasel out of it. It's his responsibility, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's got to do it. And they're you know. You made the mess. You clean it up and go ahead and do it now. Yep. Clearly, exactly. this water war is some. I'm going to say this water war is like a full day after that school day. Yeah. This is like Friday at school, and now this is like Saturday, I'm guessing. Yep. And so Minkus, Sean, and Ellis all show up. Minkus dressed like a big old banana, apparently. <laughs> And Minkus is running around with Sean and Ellis, running around with the cool kids. That was kind of fun yeah. to see. So he's actually friends with them at this point, you know, not, not just the, the class nerd. And so mm-hmm. Corey becomes Tom Sawyer at this point, paying his friends to paint the fence um, with what money he has left over from buying his own water gun. And, of course, Minkus sees this ruse right away because he's the only one that reads the summer reading list, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I found was a nice little touch there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and quickly, Corey learns just how difficult it is being a boss and having to take care of your work crew. And he goes into the kitchen, complains to Eric, who for some reason is letting Morgan tie his apron. <laughs> such a cute moment though (laughs) why did you tell me you could tie a bow because I'm self confident (laughs) Morgan is so adorable oh man but this also leads into a catchphrase catch uh, where Corey says at least twice you do (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah we'll get there um 
so after he and Eric have commiserated about the negatives of work and uh, Corey goes back, takes out the, the ice cream bars because uh, they need dessert after lunch and getting paid. And Minkus, I'm going to be honest, Minkus is greedy here. Corey mm-hmm. is paying him to paint the fence. He could have walked away. He stuck around. He's giving him lunch and now he's giving him dessert. And because it's a vanilla dip chocolate bar or chocolate dip vanilla ice cream bar and it's not Heath Crunch ice cream bar hashtag not a sponsor mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where Corey flies off the handle because Minkus prefers Heath Crunch ice cream bars you do <laughs> and so Corey just kind of rubs dirt on the ice cream bar from a pot a potted plant not some pot um I really can't say Minkus wasn't asking for it at that point, but, you know, of mm-hmm. course, at that point, Corey's burned any bridges and <laughs> used up all goodwill he had. And, and the boys run off, leaving him to what looks like about half to a third of the fence left to do. Yeah. Well, I also will say I think I have a theory that Minkus has money, which is A, why he can afford the big giant gun, B, why he is so smart because he has parents that pay for tutoring and all that jazz, but he probably wants to be in public school. That's why he's there. Minkus does appear to be the stereotypical, uh, well-to-do nerd from the Mm nineties. Yes. If he can afford that banana, get up for the water war and that squirt gun. Yeah, he definitely is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so the Mr. Feeney comes out and catches a paint dribble. Corey turns it up to 11 again. You do? Because Mr. Feeney wants wants him to clean up this paint dribble, or he's going to have to paint the whole side of Mr. Feeney's fence to match. And Mm -hmm. that's when Corey just kind of collapses. Yep. Stress-related injuries. Oh, yeah. Alan comes back, and we get this. What'd you do to my kid, George? Overworked, stress-related injury. (laughs) You know, Alan, when I was a boy, my father had a strong puritanical belief in the work ethic. Used to work me from sunup to sundown. And look how I turned out. I don't want you working anymore. (laughs) Shutter marks still showed after one coat. Had to borrow from mom to buy more paint for second coat. I worked two days, painted 16 shutters and a fence. Know how much money I made? I owe eight bucks. Welcome to adulthood. At least you came out of it with this water gun you wanted. Yeah, you like it? So, this is the big boy on the block, huh? Very slick. Too bad I can't go to the water war to use it. You can if you run. Isn't it my responsibility to finish painting the fence? I think your first responsibility is to stay 11 years old as long as you can. Ooh, cool. And so that's I a, love Alan Matthews. Uh, it really, I do too. It's a great moment where it's, it's a great teachable moment for Corey. He's seen that at every turn he managed to screw up and make his job more difficult. He managed to create more work for himself than he set out to. And he actually ends the day owing money when he set out Mm -hmm. to make money. 
which, you know, if he would have charged Mr. Feeney the correct rate, he would still have money in his pocket. Yeah. But Alan is very, very sympathetic. He he wants balance. He doesn't want to see Corey be Mr. Feeney. Where he understands that Corey does have responsibility to uh, to own up to his mistakes and to be responsible to fix his mistakes. He is still 11 years old. And there are things where, you know, an 11 year old is going to make dumb mistakes. And you know, there, there needs to be some grace extended there, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I love the fact that Feeney is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a moment to be a teacher. It's the moment to be a parent. Um, and Alan really could be, hey, you said you were going to do this. You got to do it. And I don't mm-hmm. care if you miss stuff. And I just I love the fact that he's just like, hey, you can still make it if you run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's. And there are, there are moments where it would be correct to take the Mr. Feeney path and, and to stick it out. But in this moment, in this situation, Alan was definitely the, the right way to go. Mm-hmm. And so Corey goes, runs off to the water war, comes back home. Eric's exhausted from a half shift as a box boy. Eric's those, kinda, those half shifts are rough, man. Eric's weak. <laughs> I'm sorry, but at Eric's age, I had much more grueling jobs I was doing. So I have no sympathy for Eric and his half shift on a Saturday. Uh, I, mean, I will say, in in fairness, it when I had when I worked at the dining hall in college, the toughest shifts were always like this: the few hour shifts, you know, where like. You were just going in, you know, and just only being there for like two hours or whatever, you know. It was just mm-hmm. always trippy for the rest of the day and kind of messed you up. Where if you're there for, you know, much longer, not that bad. You're just there and you've got to suck it up and deal with it. But sometimes those, you know, middle range days can be, you know, kind of grueling. That's fair. Especially when you're not used to working. Yeah. yeah, but I love that. You know, the water war to end all water worlds. <laughs> both sides claiming victory. Like, of course, you know, you're both soaked. <laughs> and, you know, he rings out a little on Eric. and But, uh, you know, Eric admitting, I don't know how he does it. Talking about Alan, how he has all that energy. And, and Corey looking out the window and seeing Alan painting <laughs> the fence. Bless you. Corey looking out the window and seeing Alan painting uh, the paint on the fence still after he's come back home from the water war and he realized mm-hmm. that Superman is his dad. Alan in effect is Superman. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I, I just, I love that moment. Every time I see it, it just as, as a dad, as a son, it's, yeah. it just means a lot to me to see that, to see a yeah. son uh, understand and just get even for a moment just how much uh, their father uh, gives mm-hmm. and sacrifices and, and commits for them. Well, and, and I love that it says 12-hour days, never sits, eats standing up, uh, never takes a break. Uh, it's like he's not human. And that's when Corey's like, yeah, he's, he's Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
know, it's 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 the concept I call, you know, for a dad is that you have to be bigger than your kid's problems. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what Alan was. Corey was not going to be able to see past getting the fence completed. So Alan took that over him so he wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. He was bigger than that issue. Yep, exactly. And so I'm assuming dinner that night, although I'm, I'm going to assume this is Sunday dinner for the next day. Who's there's, to say? <laughs> there's, there's no way Corey had time between that moment at the end of the water war and this dinner to have done everything he needed to in this to for this to happen. But well, if you're going to the special water gun store, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Corey decides to call Alan out because he's taken his job and taken his responsibility. Hogging he, all the work. Yeah, hogging all the work. And he pulls out this smaller water gun and, you know, shoots Alan with it. And, you know, tells him, check under his side of the table. And this, this, this really great heartwarming moment where Corey shares that he sold his three thousand for two fifteen hundreds, so that Alan can have one because it's a callback to where Alan said, "You're only a kid for so long, and you can never go back again to being a kid." But yep. with this, Corey's plan is that Alan can come back and visit, and it's just really great. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, Amy gets in on it and she wants to know, uh, <coughs> she, uh, wants to know if what's, what's, there's, there's no square cuts. There's no shooting water in the house. I mean, <laughs> but you wouldn't think that way if you looked under what's on your side of the table. Mm-hmm. And of course, she looks under. What do you under- think I made of money? <laughs> She looks under her side of the table and... What do you think? I made of money? <laughs> nice. And, uh, and she goes over. She pulls the sink sprayer. Eric screaming, don't hit my hair. And they all wind up I've, out in the patio. and I'm just seeing this now. Morgan says, hit his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan is antagonizing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, such a younger sibling thing to do. And then Morgan climbs up on the counter. Cookie Morgan? Sure, I'd love some. And then we come back with a tag. They're all in the backyard. Just a, you know, fun little moment. The water wars moved in the backyard. Morgan has decided to call 911. And it's just... She can't get down. What else can she do? Yeah. They just shot the neighbor. <laughs> oh, yes. Too good. So, Mommy, what's our address? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, with uh, all of this, this is our second episode of the first season, On the Fence. And that is how we end with Morgan calling 911 on her parents. And hopefully, uh, <laughs> they're around next week for another one. Hopefully, so, hopefully she gets off the counter. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I don't know how she's gonna get. She's gonna eat all the cookies and jump down. And so, let's move into looking at the lesson that we learned from this week's episode. Mr. Feeney's my teacher. He hates me. So, Tyler, <laughs> what what lesson did you learn from this episode? Be it from Mr. Feeney or from someone else. Hmm. Well. 
there's a couple of themes going on here. The big one being money. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take the approach as a son, and uh, I think I need to learn uh, more as a son to to make sure I take all of the instructions I'm given because it's important and it's valuable. Uh, and I need to be better about not just brushing it aside and not just going, hey, you know, I get it. I already understand, whatever. Because um, I think it's sometimes my ego gets in the way and I think I know best, even though I don't. Uh, I don't have the experience to be able to have the ego I <laughs> think I deserve to have. Uh, but, that you know, it includes other things as well. You know, of me not just assuming I know just because I have a conversation in my head and I think uh, I know where things are going to go. I need to allow others to surprise me and not just assume I know everything. You do? <laughs> nice. Oh, that's going to get a lot of work this season. I'm going to miss that when he gets older. Um, oh. uh, my lesson, my takeaway, uh, enjoy youth while you're young and appreciate, especially when you're younger, because uh, when you're older, it's a little easier to see. But appreciate the work and support that your parents provide for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a very simple lesson, but... Uh, it's it's something that uh, you know I I didn't take time a lot to see the things that my parents would uh, sacrifice for me or would provide for me and you know, I I missed the forest for the trees a lot of times as a kid I was dumb I was a kid mm-hmm. and especially now as a dad looking back I I can see where where my own father. Uh, would do the the kinds of things that Alan would, or uh, where my mom would uh, step in and 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 take the kind of parenting tack that Amy might at times, and you know I I can see where my parents uh, supported me and allowed me to appreciate my youth and enjoy it while I was young, and allow me to learn things in different ways instead of just you know letting me become Mr. Feeney. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with becoming Feeny, but you know, oh no, there's more to life than just work. Exactly, there is a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing we love about the show is you're not just learning from Feeny; you're learning from other people too. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, if you were to give a grade uh, to this episode, uh, Brett, what grade would you give this episode? Well, you are worth every inch of that C plus I gave you in math. <laughs> Uh, I'd be a little more generous than Mr. Feeney there. I would go for a B minus for this one. Um, mm. Yeah, it's still a solid episode. Um, I, I think it struggles a little bit in that it's it's kind of hard to figure out where the time frame is for all of this. So it's kind of hard to see. Like it'd be better to be able to see, hey, here's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and really get to to see a little bit each day of Alan coming home and really mm-hmm. seeing that. Um, but just, there's just so much that happens, especially on Corey's end where he's, he's painting the fence and, and, or shutters and painting the fence and buying the gun and replacing the gun and, and learning everything his dad's doing for it. It's just, it just feels so compressed that there's almost mm-hmm. not enough time to breathe, but still very solid, very solid. 
So B minus for me. Um, I think you're a little more hung up on the timeline than I am. Because, uh, like, from my head, it's just like, hey, this is for him. This is the next beat of the story, and this is what he wants us to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the other stuff didn't matter. Because all, all Corey is focused on is getting the task done, doing the thing, getting the thing, and moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in my, from, from my perspective, I would give this episode an A+. Ah. I, I, this truly is a fan favorite episode in our household, and mm-hmm. I, I do it and adore it a lot. Uh, I promise that not every grade will be an A, especially from this season. <laughs> uh, but I've warmed up to this season quite a bit, uh, especially this episode. Uh, I've been seeing it more through my son's eyes and also as I am coming home more and <laughs> having a mess to deal with, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh turning more towards being Alan than Corey in this situation. So as it should uh, and, be. Yes. But also <laughs> that classic ending of, you know, them fighting the water fight in the backyard and Morgan calling the cops on them just <laughs> gets me Which, every time. That ending would not fly today. I don't care no. what show you're on. It would not fly today. Sadly. No, they just shot the neighbor. <laughs> I feel so sad. It, it, that's just, it's such simple comedy. And sadly, it would not, it go, it would not fly today in our world. And yes. she's so cute. Oh, yes. Uh, so innocent. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to, to grade a little rougher. So I'm probably a, yeah. a little more Feeny-esque. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun to compare these grades and get our GPAs. Yeah. So before I uh, before I give you my dad joke and we uh, head out of here with all of our fun little uh, uh, fun little social tags, got a fun fact for you. Oh yeah. Did you realize that we don't know Sean's name yet? They've not mentioned Sean's name yet. Sean's name does not get mentioned until the episode Corey's Alternative Friends. Wow. Interesting. Yes. So throughout the first three or four episodes, he's simply a friend. Wow. Well, I think (laughs) it's so fascinating, too, because in this episode, like, the only real lines he gets is, I thought we were friends. And then the whole discussion about the, the, you know, who you want for your dad. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I got a dad joke for you. All right, give it to me. So, my son was being curious and asking questions, and he asked me where poo comes from. And so, I gave him this detailed explanation, and he just stood there in stunned silence. And after a moment, he asked, what about Tigger? (laughs) oh nice so if if you're interested in finding us other places online uh, you can find the podcast on facebook at facebook.com slash dad's meat world you can also drop us an email at dad's meat world at gmail.com and uh we have a twitter right 
Uh, we do not have an official Twitter handle. Oh, we do uh, not have an official Twitter handle. But we have our own personal Twitter handles, which you can yes. always follow us there, because I'm sure we'll end up posting episodes there. Uh, you can find me on yes. Twitter at Tyler Volk. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Dr. Headley Art. I think we should set up a Twitter because we, we talked about should. having a poll. We talked about having a poll and inviting people to share their grades. We did. There may be a Twitter by the time you uh, look in the show uh, notes. If no. we have a Twitter account set up, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And you so, can find us. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yep. Apple, Amazon, Wall Street Journal podcast catcher, whatever's out there. I know Swiggly that's really Miggly. not a thing. Piggly Wiggly. Mm-hmm. Market Giant podcast feed. Yep. <laughs> Anywhere you get your favorite podcast, we will be there. And we thank you for checking us out. Feel free to give us a nice review. And hey, if you leave a review for us, it's friendly. We'll read it on air. Yeah. We're like that. Yeah, we like positivity. Yeah. So until next time, I am Brett. And I'm Tyler. And we'll see you on Dad's Meat World. See you later. Good looking. See you later. Good looking. Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.